I think the key thing is it's in your gift as a designer to make change. And there are some practical things that I can help you with, but go away from the talk and be creative, push those boundaries. So, um, yeah, so that's what I'll be talking about, just how my experience in my design field, how, you know, by kind of doing things the wrong way or subverting expectations or best practices can often lead to kind of interesting discoveries in your field. I think the, the takeaways that I really want to want people to go away with is the idea that you've got to start where people are and not where you'd like them to be. So don't plant a flag on a hill for where you think we ought to be and then die on that hill. AI is never going to replace, it's going to amplify the creativity of the professional who understands how to build from the front end experience all the way through the stack to the kernel. So in the creative space, at least, that the humans are beating the machines, if I can put it like that very crudely, uh, for now at least. I don't know. It depends kind of what your metric would be. If your metric is sort of level of creativity, then yes, I think that the humans are still still beating the machines. Um, but in terms of sort of churning out something quite quickly that's quite impressive, you know, within within a, a minute or so, then then perhaps machines are unfortunately beating the humans. But that maybe depends what, what you're going to value for a final product. Hi, I'm Mike Green, and welcome to Understanding Users, the podcast where I chat candidly with UX design and research professionals from around the world to hear about how they build digital products and services in a user-centered way. Hi, nice to see you again. I'm Elizabeth Churchill, and I'm a senior director of UX at Google. And what I'm doing right now is I'm very focused on how we do uh, consumer-grade tooling for designers and developers. We know that the world has been very much focused on making sure that consumers know what usability, utility, good user experience is. We have not spent so much time on helping designers and developers understand that space and building for them. I have a very particular belief, which is that if we give designers and developers better tools, better integration, across different tools and platforms, then we unleash creativity that those folks who think about that end user use experience, what they want to bring to the world. And so if we give them better tools, they have more space for creativity to build better tools in the long run for everybody. All of that brilliant smarts that you bring to thinking about how you build for other people, turn that in and let's build for ourselves. Let's bring the brilliance of thinking about use experience to our own practice, to our own practice in terms of being creative, being effective, efficient, 
building things that other people want to use. I'm Alice Helliwell. Um, I'm an assistant professor of philosophy at Northeastern University London, um, and I'm also associate director of the Graduate Research School here. I mean, I'm a philosopher and I work with AI. My talk will be about the concept of creativity. So, um, sort of very sort of broad there. It sounds like, um, but we often talk about creativity um, and how much we value creativity or how we want creative solutions to certain problems. Um, but we might not always know exactly what we mean by creativity. Um, and that's something that's become clear through my research. I look at um, artificial intelligence and whether AI can be creative and what that means. Um, and something that's really come out is that there's not necessarily one agreed upon idea of what creativity is. And often we're throwing the word around, but we don't really know uh, what we mean by it. Um, so in my talk at UX Brighton, I'm hoping to present some theories about what creativity is, particularly from a philosophical perspective that we'll touch on a little bit of psychology as well, maybe. Um, and uh, then we'll consider what it might mean for innovation and design. Um, and my main aim for uh, the talk is to provide some key takeaways about what creativity is and then how that might frame other discussions that we're having um, through the rest of the conference. Um, I'm Chris Howe. I currently work at an agency called Claire Left, based in Brighton, and I'm the head of experience design. At UX Brighton, I'm giving a talk called Unleash Your Inner Innovator. And it's really a call to arms for designers to push those boundaries of creativity and innovation in the organizations they work at, be that in-house freelancers, in agencies, to have that, that innovation mindset, to find the, the moments of creativity that they can bring to a project. Um, I'm a really strong believer in the power of designers lies in their mindset, their kind of desire to to make change and often in the worlds that we work in often with large organizations in corporates working with clients that sense of exploration innovation making change in the world gets drummed out of people I'm Stephanie Posovec, and I'm a designer, artist, and author who specializes in working with data. So I visualize data uh, for my, I guess, as, a, as part of my creative practice. I will be talking about how I work in data visualization, which is a little bit different to um, how people traditionally um, work with data visualization, like, um, you know, as a data analyst or data scientist. Um, and I work with it in a way that would often be considered like not in line with uh, kind of more conventional data viz best practices. Um, and that's just because I think what I find really interesting as a designer is taking a process, data visualization, and kind of pushing it and pulling it and stretching it and working it um, with it in like kind of out of the ordinary ways or or kind of just just manipulating the process to see what interesting results come from it. Um, just because I really believe that's how uh, we move forward um, in our respective design fields. The insights and wisdom that I hope that they, that the audience takes from my talk are, um, I guess, just that there's a value in not being too rigid with various design processes. Um, I guess both with well with information design or data visualization and like kind of UX design, there are so many. Sometimes it feels like there's a lot of rules. Um, you know, it's, um, 
you know, it's really system-based, rule-based sort of design field. And sometimes, you know, we can kind of like uh, in these kind of system-based design spaces, we can sort of put ourselves in boxes uh, without any like scope to kind of break free and um, try try new things. I'm Tricky and I'm the director of product design at Guardian. There's going to be lots of fantastic talks at UX Brighton that are going to be really inspirational. The subject is creativity and innovation. And what I'd like to do uh, is kind of give people some sort of really practical ideas around how they actually implement innovation, how they approach innovation. So the sort of structure of the talk broadly and the takeaways that people are going to get are why innovate, um, how you innovate, and probably a bit of how not to innovate. uh, And hopefully the bit that will make it interesting is that my background covers quite a lot of time agency side but also time client side so hopefully i'll be able to give people a perspective from sort of both sides um, and some insights into that i'm tom um, i have been working in ux should we say for 25 years plus starting in the early days of the single pixel gift trick and then i got into Uh, the UX side of it when I I did my first usability test in 1999. I've also made a lot of mistakes along the way. And that's what I kind of want to share in the talk that I'm going to give. Because today's, well, my talk title is about sneaking agility back into agile. Now, that's kind of the tip of the iceberg because there's a whole load of practices in the the modern world, particularly in in tech companies and in the digital product teams, that sort of thing, where we attempt to make linear plans and we attempt to, to say, we need to know the answer before we can start work. And we need to do things in the right way and follow the correct process. And then that sort of happens. And throughout my career, I've kind of joked that there is no right process. The only process is try stuff until something works. And yet I got stuck all the time with thinking that, uh, that, that if we could just do enough research, we'd get the answers and we'd be able to make the right things. And then I got the chance to do enough research and I realized that you don't just get given the answers still anyway. And there's still a load of hard stuff to do. It's very easy to complain about agile, complain about feature factories and to say we should be doing it this other massively different way. But actually, you need to work with the constraints of the present, not the gap that you see from some idealized future. Because there's always going to be a gap from the ideal. Nothing's ever perfect. And I think um, there's a particular lesson that I had to learn the hard way, which is you don't have to get very much right, actually. Most companies are doing almost everything wrong, two or three things right really well. And it's a mistake to try and get everything right because you'll run out of money and time and life and energy. You have to just let a lot of, you do need to let some stuff go. How do you see AI, the role of AI in in the digital design space kind of evolving and um, people's roles changing as a result? Because obviously there's a certain amount of concern and and, and uncertainty around what what the future will look like. What's your view on that? 
Yeah, so it's quite interesting because I mean, my research work touches on both sort of creativity and kind of using AI, particularly in the artistic and creative um, sort of industries. Um, but the other part of what I do is ethics. Um, so I, I certainly understand the concerns around AI, um, or I, I hope I do, because um, that's part of what I teach. Um, so I, I think it's a really, it's a fine line of while also seeing what could come positively from these technologies. Um, and I think it's important for lo lots of people to explore those possibilities. You know, we know that it seems like they might be able to enhance some of our creative practices, enhance some of what we're able to do and how quickly we can do it and what kind of can be delivered um, sort of beyond what we thought was possible. Um, so I think that there's a real opportunity there in general. The other thing that's colliding is definitely, is, as you said, that, that sense of artificial intelligence and particularly generative um, AI and what that means for creativity. Um, I'm much more in the the kind of William Morris part of the world of like the world I think needs thinkers and craftspeople and I think AI, my positive view of AI is that it will get rid of some of the drudge work that we do and will free up time for people to be more imaginative, more creative, and as a result of that, spend more time with the people they're trying to solve problems for and coming up with more imaginative ideas. I'm an optimist, so that's that's the view that I'm going to take. Um, of course, we live in ever-changing worlds and times. Um, how is AI going to change what we do? Because everything I think about is that AI is never going to replace, it's going to amplify the creativity of the professional who understands how to build from the front-end experience all the way through the stack to the kernel. These are the folks, you are the folks, who are creating these experiences for everyone. And AI and all forms of AI are tools for you because your excellence and expertise is what helps us understand where the AI gets it right and where it doesn't. Well, I think there's been some really interesting hyperbolic conversations. And what's interesting about the AI tools that I was mentioning is that they change every few weeks. And the critical analysis of how they're useful or not changes every week. And so this is an ongoing conversation. I'm personally not invested in that it's going to solve everything or we're all going to lose our jobs. I'm invested in the unleashing of creativity through new tools. And so that's changing all the time. And I'm inviting everybody to keep track on it because this changing world of AI, finger on the pulse, what's happening, what's coming out, what's available, what's not, what costs what, and what is the benefit to you. Um, I'm seeing so many more creative conversations that are, I tried this and it did work. I tried this and it didn't work. Here is the space that we can have a conversation all the way from UX design through kernel operational design through uh, platform design. We can have a conversation about where does this show up? Where does it show up for developers? So you don't have to do boring code. Where does designers so that you don't have to uh, do a multiple iterations, but you can actually have AI support multiple iterations. Where does AI show up 
where we can actually have lightweight sort of user testing to see what works and what doesn't. These are tools, These, this exciting, every week brings something new where the incredible creativity of our community is pushing, pushing the boundaries of what these tools can do and can't do. And, you know, in the history of humankind and developing tooling, we're always excited, suspicious, and curious about where these tools are taking us. Right now, we have a moment to be deeply engaged. What helps, what doesn't? Where's our voice, where is it not? I am not an advocate of panic. I'm an advocate of, hmm, let's have a conversation. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. Um, I suppose when, I, I suppose we're kind of at this moment where there's definitely a lot of sort of hype and talk around AI and we're just trying to figure out what that actually means. Um, talking about it, like from a perspective of The Guardian, it's something that we have to be really careful about because, you know, that the thing that makes us absolutely unique is that people trust us. They trust our journalism. Uh, we have a different commercial model at The Guardian, which means that, um, you know, we can remain politically and financially independent, but we really have to be careful about that trust that we hold with our readers. So AI, as well as an opportunity, is something that we have to be really careful around. One of the things I would say is that it is helping us achieve stuff that even just six months ago, we wouldn't have been able to achieve. I'm hoping that I might be able to talk about a new product that, you know, we're going to be launching um, when I get to UX Brian. And we are using AI um, as part of the development of that product to help us uh, kind of like accelerate the way that we organize the content. But like I said, it's always done uh, with this kind of lens on of like kind of human curation. Like we can't get away from that because people, you know, trust us as an organization. And yeah, we just have to be really careful around like AI. And then the the, the other thing that's happening in the world is the internet is or digital is spreading outside of screens. You know, when I started, it was a screen-based um, medium. Smartphones came in and we were looking at responsive design. And now the, the, the internet, digital in its broader sense, is, is in all of the products and services that we're using. And I think that mindset of being a digital designer and not a screen-based designer, um, offers huge opportunities for people to, to be working across sectors, across um, different devices, and seeing design as a way of creating change um, a, across many, many different forms. And I think that is, that is really exciting. I think that, that designer mindset is one that I... I think is going to be needed in all industries and not just um, within the internet itself. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Understanding Users. If you enjoyed what you heard, do please like or comment wherever you're listening and feel free to share this episode more widely. And feel free, of course, to drop me a line with any feedback via LinkedIn or my website, researchable.uk. Join me again next time when I'll be sharing some more insights from digital design professionals. Until then, stay safe and stay user-centered.